Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for October 16th, 2016. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, When Persistence Pays Off. go back to the text just a minute because I really want you to embody this as we talk about it. It must have been that Jesus noticed among the disciples that they needed a word about faith and and so because he thought they needed to know something about this he decided that he would tell them a story about their need to pray always and not lose heart. So what these days is causing you to lose heart and how's your prayer life and so then he launches into this story about a widow who is seeking justice at the hands of an unjust judge he tells a story and never mentions prayer at all even though he starts by saying, then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not lose heart. And then he tells them a story and does not mention prayer at all. So I guess I'm asking you to consider that maybe the way, this, this is a parable known as the parable of the unjust judge and the persistent widow because she will not give up. I have heard it called the parable of the unjust judge and the nagging widow. I'm okay with that because she is in pursuit of justice. And so I'm just asking you perhaps to consider that when he tells this parable and he starts off by saying, you really need to know how to pray and not lose heart. So let me tell you about this persistent woman. Okay, now you really got it better, don't you? And we can, we can carry on. It's so tempting to take the easy road of faith. To read the story of the people of God and the teachings of Jesus in kind of a skimming way in hopes of finding some little nugget or kernel of truth that will plop right into our laps so we can really go about our regular business. So that easy road with the parable of the unjust judge and the persistent widow from Luke's gospel is to assign connection to the characters. So anytime we just kind of halfway read a story in the Bible and we see that there's a judge in the story, it's easy for us to say, oh, I bet the judge is God. And then there's this persistent widow. Perhaps could we be the persistent widow? And so then we sit down to read the parable, seeing the judge is God and we are the persistent widow, and we try to place ourselves and our culture and our society in the story. And so if that were how the characters were assigned, the moral of the story would be that if we plead and beg enough, God will finally do the right thing. And so we just keep praying about it and everything will be all right. Our prayers will be answered. 
And if they're not answered to our satisfaction, then we are left to either abandon God because God clearly doesn't answer prayer, or we just chalk it up to the mysteries of God and things that are not for us to understand, and we trust that God just has it. And we just continue with our persistent praying, and, and we'll hope for the best. And Lamont tweeted one time, Hi, God. My pastor says to stop with the beggy prayers. Just surrender. But one last tiny beggy prayer, no cell phones on airplanes, please. The quick read of this parable says, be persistent in begging God for whatever you want or need, and hopefully, finally, God will cave. This judge is not the God figure of the parable. It's known as the parable of the unjust judge, and injustice is simply not in God's character. No one likes him, and he doesn't care. He didn't care about God, and the people did not respect him, he was a crooked scoundrel with power, and that's the worst. The widow might or might not be us. We're just going to have to wait and see on that one. You'll have to decide for yourself if you think you're the widow. Widows play a pretty significant role in the Bible. They represent the most vulnerable of all. Taking care of the biblical widow was one of the primary functions of the first deacons and of the church. And as awful as it is to be a widow in present times, because there's really no other word for it, it's, it's awful to be left to live the rest of your life without your life partner is some of the hardest work anyone will ever do. But a widow in Jesus' day wasn't just struck with grief. She was nothing. Not attached to any man that could speak for her or advocate for her. She was left with no property, no voice, no future. She was destitute. A biblical widow was left not only to grieve, but to try to scrape out for life. But I caught a new glimpse of the biblical widow from one commentator this week. She says, Luke mentions a number of widows in, in the ministry of Jesus. And from those references, we might certainly characterize them as among the most vulnerable the ones in whom Jesus takes particular interest. Jesus recognizes that the poor widow has given more than all the wealthier patrons of the temple because she's given all that she has, and he condemns the scribes who devour widows' houses. But in addition to being vulnerable, the commentator says, widows are also appear as prophetic, active, and faithful. Certainly the widow who gives her last coins is not only vulnerable, but also a model of faithful generosity. 
The first widow of the gospel is Anna, a prophet who spreads the good news of Jesus' birth. Jesus, in his inaugural sermon at Nazareth, mentions the widow of Zarephath, who feeds Elijah from her meager supplies in a famine and whose son is returned to life by the prophet. I'm not so sure we should always feel so sorry for the biblical widow as we should be just utterly impressed by her. I could only dream to identify as the persistent widow in this parable. I don't have her guts. I don't have her fortitude. I don't have her courage. I don't have her strength. Grant me justice, she demands. She's not asking for a better parking space. She's not asking for an A on a test for which she has not studied. She's not asking for the plane not to crash. Anne Lamott, who really doesn't like to fly but has to do a lot, I just looked up beggy prayers, and this is what I found. She says that her pastor tells her, Anne, when you step on a plane, it's a little late for the beggy prayers. It's time for trust and surrender then. This particular biblical widow is asking for justice. She's pleading for justice. She is begging for justice. Whenever you see or hear a biblical widow mentioned in the Bible, think of our most vulnerable and oppressed people around us. Finally, so worn down, the unjust judge finally gives in and grants her demands. He basically admits he's a dirty, rotten crook, but because she keeps bothering him, the text says, and so she will stop wearing him out, he gives in. Multiple places in my study this week pointed to the fact that a more accurate and vivid translation of this judge's complaint about wanting her to stop wearing him out, wearing him out, would be better translated, giving me a black eye. I love this widow, this persistent biblical widow, to presume to assign ourselves the character of this woman is probably not accurate for most of us. Unless you are a worker for justice, unless justice is your passion, unless you give your life to justice for all, I'm afraid you can't relate very well to this persistent biblical widow. And what's the point of justice True biblical justice is if it isn't about working on behalf of the most vulnerable and oppressed of humanity. She spoke up for herself because no one else was doing it for her. So that is precisely why we cannot stop talking about and working for better schools, especially for at-risk students. Persistent in that. 
The persistent biblical widow in us must keep speaking up for and working on behalf of the issue of mass incarceration of black male America. The persistent biblical widow will never stop feeding the hungry. She will march in crop walks, yes, but she will also serve lunch in the homeless shelter and she will pack backpack snacks and she will house and feed the homeless but she will not stop until she demands from the powers that be that our systems and laws be changed to advocate for the poor more than anyone else, even more than for you. Until the laws of the land speak for the poor, the biblical widow will, persistent biblical widow, will never stop nagging. Ever. You may be tired of hearing our take on what happened in the streets of Charlotte recently, but as I studied this parable this week, I caught a glimpse of, a mo of the modern-day persistent widow. The protesters shouting and yelling and carrying their signs and marching and making demands and chanting. There she was in the streets of Charlotte every single night saying, enough is enough. Grant me justice. This story that we have today is too short and it lacks all the makings for good storytelling. No offense to Jesus, he's the best storyteller ever, but he left out some good stuff. In the story, she says, grant me justice against my opponent. And then she goes back and she says it again. And maybe she says, grant me justice against my opponent three or four or five times. And then he finally gave in. No, that's not how the story goes at all. She gave him a black eye. Maybe literally which would feel so good to think that. But at the very least, she shamed him into doing the right thing. No holes barred. She let him have it. She stood up and put her foot down and she demanded justice. I want to be like her. I want to be like her. Persistence is such a great character trait. Never give up. Work hard. Study. Practice. Keep at it. Have faith. Believe and never ever give up. That's what we teach our children about school and sports and music. Dream big. Set goals. And be persistent in all of your striving to attain what you want. And always, always, always remember hashtag hard work pays off. Why don't we teach our children to do this biblical widow style. Do all of those things. Never give up. 
work hard, practice, keep at it, have faith, believe, never ever give up for the sake of justice for the oppressed and the poor and the vulnerable and the voiceless and forgotten and the ignored. Why don't we teach our children that in addition to practice for 30 more minutes and run another lap and review your multiplication tables? I feel like a broken record, but it's because the Bible is a broken record that just keeps skipping on the part about the least of these. It just skips to it every time. Over and over and over again, the message is the same. Our parable today starts because Jesus must have thought they needed a lesson on keeping the faith. And so he said, let me tell you a story about the need to pray and not lose heart. Maybe this time prayer wasn't going into your closet, being quiet, closing your eyes, and offering up words to God. Maybe prayer is nagging at those who hold power to bring justice. But our parable ends with a very haunting question. It says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The only way to answer that question with a yes will be if we are found giving injustice a black eye. It's told that the late Mother Teresa of Calcutta went to visit prominent Washington lawyer and sports owner Edward Bennett Williams. Mother Teresa was raising money for an AIDS hospice, and the attorney, Williams, was in charge of a small charitable foundation that she hoped would help. Williams, though, was reluctant. He thought, I really don't want to make this contribution, but I've got this Catholic saint coming to see me, so what should I do? And he decided to hear Mother Teresa out and then reply politely to her, no. Soon enough, little Mother Teresa was sitting across the attorney's big mahogany table, a little, a little widow-looking woman in a white sari looking up at the man in gold cufflinks and a designer suit. You see the parable? Mother Teresa talked about the work of the hospice and then made her request for help. Williams listened patiently, and then he said, Mother, we are very touched by your appeal and your wonderful work, but unfortunately, the answer this time has to be no. Mother Teresa said, let us pray. They bowed their heads, and she prayed. After the prayer, Mother Teresa said, Amen, looked up at the attorney, and made the exact same pitch for the hospice word for word as she had done before. Williams again politely said, No. Mother Teresa said, Let us pray. And Edward Bennett Williams, exasperated, looked up at the ceiling and said, All right, all right, all right, I'll get the checkbook. And that, my friends, 
is what this parable is all about. Injustice deserves a shiner. Will you be persistent enough to be the one to land the punch? May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.